This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Went to Mode Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. Uh, in our first show of 2023, I hope all our listeners had a good break over Christmas and New Year. And I do hope we show less cobwebs than Chelsea managed on Sunday. Was it too many mince pies at Christmas? Was it too much Prosecco at New Year's? Or too much paella in Spain? I don't know. But Chelsea were perhaps lucky that Arsenal were without Viviana Miedema and Beth Mead as they create chance after chance against a shaky Chelsea defence. Sachira Musovic in the starting lineup, to many surprise, put on a performance for the ages as she kept Chelsea in the tie. Emma Hayes had her subs to thank for helping get Chelsea out of jail and keeping them top of the table, as Kirby's crossfield pass found Yves Perisse, whose forward run made space for Yelena Kankovic to find Sam Kerr, who appealed off the shoulder of Leah Williamson to head home an equaliser that keeps Chelsea in control of the WSL. And the title of tonight's show, Went to Mo Kings Meadow, episode 97, is Thank You Very Much. <laughs> very good I was trying really hard to get a Sachira one there because she played really well but it didn't really work uh, so that's the best I could do um, remember you can listen live to the show every Tuesday at 8pm by heading to mixler.com that's mixlr.com and searching for Went to Moking Meadow where you can join in the show by posting on the live chat page as yet another Ben and Buffer73 already has although he says there's no sound so let me try and fix that right now live on air not always such a bad thing yeah, there we go. Maybe that works. <laughs> I'll push that one. That sounds disgusting. There we go. Um, they can let me know if that works. Anyway, I'm going to keep talking. Um, on the show tonight, in part one, we'll delve deeper into Emma Hayes' team selection, ask why Chelsea struggled to create any meaningful chances, and in part two, we'll look at the impact of the subs and ask if we think Emma has perhaps seen the light in regarding to who should be starting in key positions. Uh, now, joining me tonight, as you've already heard, uh, is my co-host, Mr. Dane Whittle. Uh, Dane, good to see you. How you doing? Yeah, hello. Happy belated Happy New Year to you and 
all our listeners. Uh, yeah, yeah, good, good side. Had a long weekend, as you know. You know, you're part of obviously the fan cast. You know, we we, are, we obviously had a Jason Cundy do at the Troubadour and else call after the uh, the men's fixture against Crystal Palace. It was a long day, a really good day. Jason Cundy was on top form. Met him twice before, once as a kid, and I reminded him he but he bought. I was about thirteen or fourteen. And he bought me a. Uh, marathon snickers and a can of coke and shot me and my mates and he was really nice uh and another time where i was a bit under under the influence of alcohol so i can't remember a lot but on on sunday yeah he was on great form really nice really open and loving and it was it was a pleasure to meet him uh, so i didn't obviously see much of the game which is a shame but i've watched, tried to watch extended highlights and obviously we were there and they had it on the screens uh before the palace game so i i saw you know like a good last half an hour of it did Jason ask for his money back for the can of Coke and the Snickers? I was actually going to bring him a can of Coke, and uh, obviously a long time ago it was a marathon, but a uh, can of Coke, and which is now called a Snickers, uh, but I didn't know how the joke would go down. <laughs> he probably don't remember. He um, actually, he actually uh, yeah, he said, because I remembered what he was wearing, he had like a black naf-naf coat on, and naf-naf was quite big in the day. It went from being really good, like really popular, to, to quite low quite quickly. And he said, no, I definitely, I definitely didn't have a naf-naf coat, but he did, because I remember thinking I wanted one. Yeah, well before my time. <laughs> um, anyway, um, now, as, as Dane wasn't at the game, and I wasn't at the game, because my uh, wife decided to book swimming lessons for my son at 9.30 on a Sunday morning, so I couldn't get to the Emirates in time for 12 o'clock. Um, we brought in the help of somebody that was at the game, uh, a writer as well for King's Meadow Chronicle, as is Dane, uh, is Sophie Spittle. Sophie, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me again. How are you doing? Yeah, fine, thank you. Now, it's good that we have someone here that was actually at the Emirates because an away day in a big stadium, in a, in a packed away end, um, quite a big deal. So what was sort of the day like and the atmosphere like at the ground? Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty good, actually. Um I've been to the Emirates before watching the men's team. It was very different to that because obviously you just don't get the away atmosphere yet. It's getting there um, that you do the men's game. But I really enjoyed it. Um, slow walk to the, the from Finsbury Park to the ground, followed by the Arsenal brass band, uh, which was quite annoying. And then um, walk past the supporters group and um, they then were sort of just behind me as I was walking um, up to the ground singing the Liquidator song, uh, which was pretty cool. Um and then into the ground, wandered around while I was waiting for, for some friends, saw the coaches arrive. Um, and then in the ground, padded seats, which always baffles me <laughs> at the Emirates. Um, we were sort of six rows from the front, so pretty decent seats. And um, yeah, it was... Um, initially, I didn't think the, it was going to be a big crowd because sort of like five, ten minutes before kickoff, it was still very empty in there. But it's since emerged, there was a lot of people turned up late Um which makes sense because by the time sort of like minute was 10 was there, all the seats that were obviously sold had been uh, were, were full. So, yeah. Yeah, they put some uh, stuff out after, I think, about the amount of people that turned up within like the last 10 minutes before and the turnstiles just couldn't handle that many people at once, which, Dane, I suppose, is a, is a good sign for the women's game that there's too many fans for them to cope with, although it's not good for the fans that they want to get in quickly. Um, it shows that, you know, it's growing. And as I've got on the front cover of issue three of King's Mendel Chronicle, away ends is the future of, of women's football, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, obviously brilliant. But, but you, had, you had that big crowd. I don't know if there's a bit of a naivety or don't know if, if this new sport is like thinking they could get into the ground that quick. 
you know, with such short notice, and you know they do struggle as 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 the men's waste supporters found out recently at <laughs> Nottingham Forest. Uh, sometimes if you turn up in numbers, they do struggle to get through. But you've got to look at the bigger picture and to get forty five stroke fifty thousand fans there, and now to have a dedicated away end for for supporters in, in grounds that can cope with it is amazing. Because actually, when when Sam cursed Sam scored, I still see some scattered Chelsea fans just where she went over to celebrate. In another part of the ground, but you know, there were def definitely Chelsea fans all over the place. I mean, as we were getting there and throughout the time, that the, the uh, representatives from the club handing out Chelsea flags, and there were loads of people sort of coming across that bridge, grabbing the Chelsea flags, and then walking to different areas of the ground. So, yeah, which is great yeah. to see, you know, obviously within within boundaries, and and obviously hopefully not including any abuse, you know. It's good to have obviously dedicated away, you know, sections fully away supporters. But you know, if if you if it is a, a situation where you can go with example with a friend who who might support your rival team, then you know, if it works, then it works. Yeah, I think the allocation was just over a thousand for Chelsea. So that when that sold out, obviously the only choice is to get a ticket somewhere else in the ground, I suppose, to to be able to get in. And as per usual, the Chelsea were very late at announcing there was going to be an away allocation. So a lot of people would have gone and bought their tickets um, before Chelsea announced there was a away allocation anyway, because they wanted to go to the game. So, Yeah, there, there's still you know, a lot of work to do. I know there's no away section for the Tottenham game coming up and people have had to ask the question. Either game, because that's something that I was trying to find out, So because I want to go to both, so... Yeah, I've seen I've seen an email from someone at Chelsea saying that they've not arranged enough with Tottenham and just to buy tickets. They said uh, that about Real Madrid though as well. So Yeah. So you never know, two days before the game there could be an away end. Maybe um, their attention's too distracted by the men's transfer window. Maybe, although you think there's at least one person working for the women's think, You think there'd be dedicated people on the side of the women's side to, to, I think to what? What Tottenham did last year when we went to the Hive was they, they didn't advertise an away end, but when you got to the ground, there were big arrows everywhere saying um, Chelsea end sort of in this this direction. So all the Chelsea supporters naturally gravitated, gravitated to that area to create a mini away end. So I don't know if they might be doing something similar. This I know it's a different ground now, but we'll see. Good on Tottenham if they do do that again and shows that one, one of the clubs are trying actually to do something rather than their fears, Chelsea. Yeah, well, I suppose the, the thing is, you just want to be able to go on to obviously everyone's got a Chelsea membership because they buy tickets. Go on to Chelsea like you do for the men's team. There's your away ticket. You buy it. You go into that game. Whereas at the moment you've got to have eleven other memberships online for different clubs to be able to get tickets to go to away games if you want to go yeah. to away. It's really going to hurt to have to get a Spurs membership. <laughs> Getting Spurs marketing emails coming through your inbox. To, I don't know what they want to do, but um, you don't want that, do you? Buy a new spur shirt. It's disgusting to report it. Um, Sophie, Arsenal have done quite a few games at the Emirates now, um, probably more than any other team at the, the big stadium. Can Chelsea learn anything from how they handled the day or how they set up the ground? Um, in that respect, no, I don't think so. I think actually the, the Tottenham game and the PSG game at Stamford Bridge was better... Um, there was more activities going on for, for families. There was more other stuff going on around the game that there didn't seem to be any of that at the Emirates on Sunday. I mean, I said I walked around the whole stadium about an hour before the kickoff and I didn't see anything like that going on, no sort of other activities. So 
But I think the thing that Chelsea can learn is perseverance. Uh, Arsenal, obviously, this match last season got 9,000 fans in the Emirates. So even if the fans don't turn up in huge numbers to start with, then just keep going, keep persevering. Give the fans something to come back for or to, to want to go to Stamford Bridge for and then once they've been to Stamford Bridge to come back for. When you when you said, Sophie, you walked around the stadium, was that with it inside or, or the outside? Uh, outside. Oh, OK. I don't know. There was stuff going on inside, obviously, in the other areas, I don't know, but there wasn't anything in the, in the away end. So. Can you walk around inside like, uh, uh, no. the whole stadium? No, no, because I can't, I, I've never, obviously, I've never tried. I can't remember. I've been to certain European grounds and it's quite strange that you can actually literally walk around the whole state or certain stadiums in America as well. You can just walk around the whole stadium within, which is, which is quite good because obviously they have different booths and different merch boobs and, and and food stores and drink stores which is really good remember Munich as well you could walk around but I did I can't remember obviously you're so cornered off when you go to watch a men's game at the Emirates that I didn't know if you if you've got that luxury in the women's game no it's the same because they use the same they use the same away end that they would do for the men's game so yeah as I said I can't remember being at the ends of the uh and seeing if you if it, if it was actually capable or not yeah, uh, Ben on Mixler says they didn't see any family type stuff going on on Sunday, but maybe they don't need it because they're getting the supporters in for the football, which is the main attraction. And is that something you think, Sophie, we should be sort of striving toward? The end product is a great game of football. You come for the football. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You come to the football, for the football. Um, I mean, I, I was chatting to a, a family from, from Birmingham that weren't particular fans of any any um, team they just wanted to watch football they couldn't watch men's football because they couldn't afford it or it was too difficult to get tickets so um, after the Euros they just said we'll we'll go to as many women's games in the big grounds as possible so they're not oh, yeah. interested, necessarily interested about going to the smaller grounds they want to go to the big grounds they've been to Old Trafford they've been to the Emirates they're looking to go to Stamford Bridge so I think there's probably a lot of fans out there that, that are like that so and what an experience as well as you know you know maybe you don't want to have that 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 feel of going to watching like a men's game when it's when it's completely rammed, but you can go to to a women's game and just like relax into it and see what it's all about. Because if you said there wasn't actually big football fans, you know, it's a nice way to ease yourself into it with a stadium with fifty thousand fans who obviously would be good natured and, and a good experience. And you get to go to Old Trafford as well. It won't be that uh, obviously that, that troubles at the moment. Well, obviously we we hope it comes to a stage where 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 stadiums are selling out 60 70,000 but at the moment what a great time to get on board yeah yeah and as as we said Dane on I think after the Tottenham game wasn't it you know when Sam Kerr scored a, a goal that she deserved to score it in a stadium like Stamford Bridge and, and that header in the last minute deserved to be in front of 46,000 within away and going crazy silencing most of the home ground apart from the odd Chelsea fan that jumps up mm-hmm. Uh, which is quite fun to see, but they they do deserve that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, my favourite parts of that goal was the celebrations. It was the uh, the cuff around the ear to uh, to let let the Arsenal supporters know that you know, <laughs> are you watching that? Can you hear me? Because I can, certainly can't hear you at the moment. And then when you looked <laughs> at the extended highlights, and, and when she was trotting off, was the fist pump to the away away end the Chelsea supporters, which I which I enjoyed as well from a different angle. And it was just, yeah, you're right, you know. All players deserve to play in that stadium, especially you know we've talked about how 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 world class our team is, full of full of you know 
women's footballers at the top level of their game and they deserve you know these opportunities and you know long may it continue long may hopefully carry on even extend to, to better because you know they, they do deserve it and what an experience for them you know they obviously they played in semi-finals recently you know good European games as well so it's just another notch on their belt yeah I do wonder how it's gonna because Tottenham was my last game I went to so I'm gonna go Liverpool on Sunday how that's gonna feel Again, being at Kings Meadow, it's going to feel odd to be in that mm. small stadium again. I don't know because the atmosphere is great at Kings Meadow. So maybe that will obviously take away from the fact that it's not a big stadium. I don't know if it's I... going to feel less important, maybe, or I don't know. There was a degree of that. I mean, I went to the Reading game just before Christmas, um, having been to the Tottenham game. Um, and there was an element of that, but there's also an element of just felt like uh, we were going home and we were going back to a place that everybody knew and everybody appreciated. So it, it, it I, I didn't feel weird as such. It just, yeah, it just felt like a COVID going home. Mm, well, well, I'll see you on Sunday. Um, we're going to take a break now and then we're going to talk about the actual match um, rather than the away-ins and such. Um, before we do that, a reminder that our summer series celebrating the 30th anniversary of the creation of the Chelsea FC women's team is available in full on our Patreon page. Subscription costs you £5 per month, and in return you get access to interviews with Tony Farmer, the man who created the team, George Michaelas, who managed the team from 2002 to 2005, and Matt Beard, who, the, who was the current Liverpool manager, he was Chelsea's manager before Emma Hayes. Uh, you also get early access to this podcast and um, any others that we do, and I'm going to include everyone on our Patreon in the PDF email for Kings Meadow Chronicle as well, so... Some benefits of being a patron and it helps support the show and helps us create content on the Chelsea FC women's team. Um, if you head to www.patreon.com forward slash went to Mo Kingsfellow and you can sign up there and we will be right back. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back then to Wetsmo Kings Meadow. Time now to get into the action from this past Sunday. The 15th of January as Chelsea drew one all away at the Emirates against Arsenal in the Women's Super League. Uh, Chelsea lined up for this one in a 4-2-3-1 formation. With Sotiro Mizovic in goal, a back four of Neve Charles, Khadija Buchanan, Millie Bright and Magda Eriksson. Sophie Ingle and Aaron Cuthbert made up the midfield pivot with Lauren James, Jesse Fleming and Guru Wrighton supporting Sam Kerr. In attack, Emma Hayes used four substitutions, bringing on if Perisay and Frank Kirby for Neve Charles and Jesse Fleming in the 62nd minute. Yelena Kankovic was introduced for Sophie Ingle in the 81st minute. And in the 86th minute, Johanna Ritten Cambridge replaced Magda Eriksson. This left Anne Katchenberger, Jess Carter, Katrina Svitkova, Marin Mjada and Alsu Abdelina as unused substitutes. Uh, Stats-wise, Chelsea had 16% possession, 17 shots, 2 on target, 6 corners and 8 fouls to Arsenal's 40% possession, 13 shots, 7 on target, 2 corners and 8 fouls. Oh, right. Now that's all done. We can talk about the football. Um, Sophie, I suppose that we start with the lineup. Um, the, the shock really was, well, I say shock, was the goalkeeper, Muzovic, in for, for Berger. Did that take people by surprise at the ground as well? 
Uh, yeah, it definitely took us by surprise. Um, it was looking back to the PSG game. You could, it was almost like the the Christmas break hadn't happened in the in the team she picked. It was virtually the same team as the PSG game. Um, yeah, I mean, she didn't let anybody down, did she? I mean, that's always been the big, the question about Zachira Muzovic. She she's not had the opportunity in a big game before, so no one actually knows how she's going to perform. She performed okay in the PSG game, not that she had a lot to do, and she certainly proved herself on Sunday. Yeah, I suppose that she came in for the PSG game, but there wasn't a lot riding on it. Chelsea had already qualified, of course, and they had to win to go top, but it wasn't like the game last year against Wolfsburg where uh, Berger had uh, COVID, I think. She didn't travel. And obviously, we lost that game 4-0. Mm. And I think there was a question marks about Muzovic in that game. But in a big game against Arsenal, we haven't seen Muzovic in those big games, as, as Sophie said. And it, it was a surprise to me anyway that she, she got the nod for this one. Yeah, massive surprise. You know, you just... Sometimes Emma makes these decisions, which, you know, we was talking about Musevic a couple of weeks ago, a couple of shows ago, and when we all thought she'd, she'd secured the number one uh, jersey last season, and she played about five, six games in a row, and then then all of a sudden, Karen achenberger has gone back in. It's It, it was a surprise, because it obviously came up, flashed up on my phone that she was starting, and obviously I could not see much to it, because I was driving, so I did not know if if, if, if Anne Katrin was actually injured. But you're right, we've seen it happen before. We haven't seen it too much in big games and it must be so hard sometimes when a goalie, if they haven't got no rhythm to come in and as you saw in that, in that Champions League defeat last season, maybe it just it's caught her a little bit unawares and she just wasn't mentally right for it. And as I said, goalies, you know, they always get the rough end of the stick, don't they? Because as we've said before, if they make a mistake, it usually leads to them conceding the goal. But a striker can make like five, six mistakes and then score the seventh and, and, and it's, it's, it's to an extent forgotten about. But... What I've seen of the highlights, you know, like I've seen from her before, you know, she's a very good goalie, uh, would probably be a number one for for a lot of teams. And and she played really well. And again, it's it's you know, as a manager of a top side, you need you need these uh, questions. Uh and then you have to answer them by obviously the the uh, selections you make. So again, we we can't we can't really predict anything because you know, as we've seen with previous teams, you know, Anne Katrin could actually be in the next game and it would seem harsh, but, you know, we have seen it happen before over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, Sophie, I've I'm I'm always been a big fan of, of Musovic. I think she's she's got a presence as well. She's quite tall. Um, she's great with her feet. She's great passing the ball out. She helps Chelsea create attacks from the back. There has always been that question mark about her shot stopping. Sometimes she's looked quite weak in some situations, but... If she solves that as she did on Sunday, there's a great goalkeeper there. She is out of contract in the summer. Do you think giving her this start on PSG is maybe a push towards keeping her at Chelsea and showing her that she will be perhaps the goalkeeper of choice? I would imagine there's probably an element of that in there. Yeah, I mean, who knows what what, what goes on behind the scenes, what, what Emma's thinking. If, if she's alluded to the fact she may sign a contract anyway, we don't know, but... I would imagine there's an element of that, yes. Um, I remember when AKB first came in and, and sort of ultimately to replace Hedvig Lindahl, I seem to remember that Lindahl sort of played fewer and fewer games towards the end of the season and AKB played more and more. So um, in that respect, there is sort of like previous um, for the way it works. So 
I guess we'll we'll just have to wait and see on the contract situation. But I agree. I think I think she proved herself more than worthy of being a number one keeper. Um, and as one of my friends said, walking out of the game, said, you don't feel like there's a mistake waiting to happen, like sometimes you get with AKB. So AKB can be brilliant, but she can also be a little bit of a, a, a mistake waiting to happen. You just don't get that feeling with Zajira Musevic. I think the problem yeah. we have now is she's 26, you know, which is which is young for a goalie if you class as goalies can go well into their, their 30s and late 30s and still play at the top level. But I think at, her, at that age, she will want assurances and she might not get them at Chelsea under Emma. I can't imagine Emma saying much. Or Emma can say, you know, I I, I see you as the number one and you, you'll be a straight fight with, with, with AKB. That might be a way of getting her to sign the new contract. But I think she would want some reassurances because at that age, I think she is a good goalie. I know you said... Dean about some of her shot stopping, but you know we need to see her playing regularly, playing playing week in week out, and then eventually be able to learn and grow as a goalie. And if you're in and out the side or play a run of games and then not don't play for eight nine games, then that's not really going to help her and her career. And as I said, at the age of twenty six, I think she's also the, the Swedish number one position that she's she's going to want to take as well. I think she's, exactly. she's played for the last few games for Sweden, so um she's going to want to maintain that and if she's not playing for a club game she's not going to get that opportunity so well cup as well near horizon yeah. yeah it's all it's all to play for i suppose for, for a lot of players and you know we we haven't obviously had the chance to speak about Bethany england um and now's probably not the time to go deep into it but the reason she's gone to tottenham is because she doesn't want to sit on the bench at the world cup like she did at the euros and not be involved at all in what could be a winning team um, and obviously Ellen White's now retired, so there's an opportunity there for for you know Alessia Russo or Rachel Daly or Bethany England to be that that striker that starts and, and plays most games. Did you, um, sorry, did you say Rachel Daly? Yeah. So she she's not going to be left back for England anymore. You think she might get a chance up front? She can't play in the WSL, be top scorer, and then <laughs> she puts her left back again. Sure. Managers are very stubborn. I don't know. I just, if you play in America, you can get away with it because you know who's really... even playing left back in America though. I know, but English fans are not going to watch in American. Some are, but not everyone. When she's here, she's very you know front and centre. She scored more goals than any other English striker. Then to say, all right, you're going to be left back for the World Cup. <laughs> uh, watch this space. I can't see it. I think that's why Neve Charles should be playing left back, maybe because um, there might be a spot there for her in the team. Um, I suppose Sophie, the other sort of not surprise, but obviously, when Kirby's not in the team, obviously raises eyebrows on the bench. Was there anything have you seen anything about? I've not obviously seen many of Emma's quotes, but was she not fully fit? Or yeah, Emma anything? did say that she'd been struggling, so she wasn't fully fit. So, whether it was struggling with injury or illness, I'm not sure because Emma then came out and said that Kankovic had been ill last week, so um. And then sort of reference Fran. So I'm not sure if Fran was ill or injured. So Yeah, I suppose that solves that one then. But then do you think it was obviously with Kirby out, there's a there's a place there and it, it went to Jesse Fleming. Do you think that was because it was Arsenal and you know, we know Emma likes to sort of be defensively solid first and get that press from the front? Well, yeah, that's why probably Perisay never doesn't seem to get looking in the big games. Uh Neve's usually paid there. Yeah, very solid, you know. We we all know what Fleming can do. And if, if, if Fran Zeal, uh, you know, I suppose he was lucky to have her on the bench because if she, she didn't make the bench, then 
Rennie got really is Sam is the only out and out striker forward, which 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 could be a problem. I don't know if there's any chance of anyone coming in at the moment. Uh, but yeah, you know we're 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 all sort of waiting for for, for Jesse to, to to go on to that next level. You know she's a very solid player, and I know you you you've always said before that you you see a uh, European Football of the Year in there. Uh, and and she's got the platform to do that. You know, I'm never going to look at a team sheet with Fleming in and think, oh, for God's sake, someone else could have played there. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm very comfortable in 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 my team, uh, her in my team, and to an extent, I want to see more of it. But I also want to see a little bit more from her. If 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 that sounds a little bit uh, harsh, you know, I think there is there is a lot more to give and and to see from her. It was very obvious at the game that when Arsenal had the ball on their defensive line, Jesse Fleming was playing at the same level as Sanka. So it was her and Sam that were doing the pressing of the Arsenal um, defensive line. This was in the first half when Arsenal were defending the same end that we were sat at. Couldn't really see whether that was going on less so in the in the second half. Um, but yeah, it was clear that, that that was one of the reasons she was in the team was for her pressing. Um, against the the Arsenal defensive line, she was definitely the second most furthest forward player. And plus, she's a great finisher. You know, it's not so much of a oh 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 a defensive fault by Abraham. And we know that she's got a good engine on her, uh, very box to box. But we also know if she gets into the box and gets a chance, there's a there's a good good chance that she will she will finish it. So there is that really good attack inside and attacking element to her play, which which is a bonus of her being a a really good all-round midfielder. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure against Tottenham, although I don't know if it was her, they played that 4-4-2 defensively and had a second striker with Sam to press. Um, I can't remember Tottenham so long ago, but someone did that, what what you said. Um, so if someone played that second striker role when we didn't have possession of the ball, and it's always interesting to watch how Chelsea line up, but I do think Jesse is, is best in a midfield three um, rather than as a, a 10 or a second striker. Um, but there you go, we're not playing free midfield at the moment. Um, Sophie, I suppose apart from sort of not playing Kirby and having Muzovic in goal, the lineup was sort of as expected as such. You know, there's no, nothing you sort of could go crazy about. And obviously Chelsea had had a long time to prepare for this game. They've been out in Spain but they started really sloppily, didn't they? And it, they didn't seem at the races, and that was odd for me because I thought they'd be well up for this game. Yeah, no, I, I was, I thought that I was really surprised at the the lack of intensity from the from the players. Whether Arsenal caught them on a little bit on the hop by not allowing them to play out as we normally would do, um, and they were definitely Arsenal were targeting their our right hand side defence. They were targeting. Uh, Neve Charles and with Lauren James in front of her, who isn't necessarily renowned for her defensive abilities, although she'd made a very good couple of very good tackles on Sunday. Um, I think Arsenal were targeting that side. All of their attacks were going down that side in that first half. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, Neve Charles, Neve Charles struggled, struggled um, a little bit as a result of that. Yeah, well, I was going to come on to that in a bit, but I suppose we can do it now, Dane. That, you know, Neve. There's been a right back, left back winger. You know, she's played all over the pitch really for Chelsea. She's never really settled in a in a position. You know, sometimes that can be an advantage to a player because they are an option every game to a coach because you know, they can be in yeah. multiple positions. 
but it can also be a hindrance to your long term career, can't it? And when she came up one v one against um Ford, who, as Ben said on Mixler, was good. You know, she's a great player. She did struggle, and you know, even the penalty became as a result of her missing her first challenge. Although I don't think it was a penalty, the whole situation occurred because she misses a tackle. It didn't really work for her, did it? And maybe that is going to hinder her, you know, sort of playing time. And when she's looking to get into the England team, you know, the manager's thinking, well, where do you play? I've got other players that play there week in, week out that are doing better than you. And that could be a problem for Chelsea. But Emma does obviously trust her and she's played well in the past. It was a tricky game for her, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is a tricky game for her. And if you remember from, from, from her Liverpool spell career you know she was a more forward player but trying to trying to get in in any forward positions in Chelsea would be really hard and and her uh I suppose her all-round play and her all-round flexibility allows allows Emma to loot user in in in, in, in lots of different positions as you said uh, right back left back wing backs the odd time we've seen her forward the odd time we've seen her like cutting a little bit more central uh, in this instance, the uh, obviously the Arsenal coaching staff and the manager thought that she was a weak link. That's why they targeted her. Uh, she's got like Jesse Fleming. She's got a really good engine. She can get up and she get down. Unfortunately for 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 the penalty, she got the wrong side slightly. And then I didn't think it was a penalty. I think it was it was it was very harsh. It was a little bit of a tangle. A little bit of a bar started outside the box and it went in. But that can affect you, you know. And again. You know, she knows she's been put in. She probably knows as well, but maybe it's not her favoured position, but she's such a professional. She'll do her best. Again, playing in a big stadium, like we said earlier, in front of such a big crowd. Yeah, it is harsh on her. And and you can either get labelled as a utility player or, or you you make that decision to leave and and, and and try and get reassurances at your new club that you want you want to hold down a, you know, a certain position or at least fight for that certain position. But... You know, she comes in and she's consistent. Uh, I wouldn't ever say there's ever nine out of ten performances, uh, but she is consistent and she does do a job. And that obviously would go against her to an extent because she will be uh, utilised in certain positions which Emma thinks, you know, we need her. And But I don't think it, it's, it's very good. You know, I, I can't remember a player ever coming and saying, Oh yeah, I'm happy to. Well, you know they do actually. Like, I'm happy to play anywhere, but they don't actually do that, do they? They'll just say that just because it sounds good. I'm happy to play anywhere as long as I'm playing for for Chelsea or or, or whatever team, etc., uh, etc. Et but I'm sure that she'd like to try and lock down a position somewhere. But you know, unless you know she gets a run in a certain position and and performances massively, you know, uh, then I can't see it. I can't see it happening. At Chelsea, she'll just end up being a utility player unless she gets a run, you know. Unless Emirates, like you said before, okay, you're going to be right back, you know, for the next whatever games, you know, and stick with it and see what what you've got. Interestingly enough, at the end of the COVID season, when she was stuck, she Emirates started to play her at right back, and she got put into the England um, Olympic squad. Emma, I seem to remember Emma saying that she sees her long term future as a fullback. Mm. So Diana's like playing her there. I mean, she's played fullback more often than not this season, be it on the left or the right, mainly the right. And I think she she did make some very good um, defensive plays on Sunday. There was one which might not have been on. I don't doubt it would have made the highlights. The Arsenal played a ball forward into Ford. It was just before the penalty actually, and um, Neve Charles did a really good job of shuff of of keeping Caitlin Ford off the ball and letting the ball run out. 
And I don't think two years ago she would have been able to do that. So I think her defensive abilities are definitely getting better and she's definitely bulked up and is stronger. Um, and you say she just got caught on the wrong side for, for the penalty that wasn't a penalty um, incident. So I think the club and Emma definitely see her as a fullback going going forward. Uh, whether that's left back or right back, I don't know. Well, at the moment, it seems like in the big game, she's the one chosen because maybe they believe that she has better defensive defensive you know capabilities and discipline than maybe Perisay which is a bit of a surprise because you know you've brought in Eve Perisay you know an international and a really good player with a really good reputation it's uh sorry so I've always liked Neve when she's like a little bit more attacking I suppose when she gets that uh, at, if it's a wing back and you know I think she is quite impressive going forward uh but bang on right back in a four hmm and that still needs a bit of work. But if Emma Caesar is that, then 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 they're going to be working on that in training. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned obviously Arsenal focusing on that side. And I suppose when she's got Lauren James in front of her, who really isn't defensively minded at all, it did leave her open to the elements, let's say. And I wrote a piece about sort of Emma trusting her new signings and looked at the stats of the game. And, and Neve had 21 jewels and Magda had just nine. So it really shows that they stayed away from the left-hand side because they know it is more solid and they can keep, you know, Chelsea were going to win those draws. You know, Magda won five out of nine, so that was, you know, more than half. And I think Neve won 11 of 21, which again was just around 50%. Um, but as you say, without help from that winger, did it leave her vulnerable? And is that why, you know, Perisay didn't play? But the stats for the season for Perisay, that her dual percentage is actually better than... Than Neve and she played more minutes, but maybe not in uh, the competitive games, which is obviously interesting. Because um, I want I want to talk about Perisse in this, in part two, so I'm going to move on from that right now. Um, because the the one bright moment I suppose in the first half, Sophie was was Lauren James sort of criticising her defensively, but she did pick up the ball in the first half and really drive at Arsenal, didn't she? Yeah, there were two or three. Um times where she picked up the ball there was the one that seems to be on all the highlights where she just sort of uh picked it up from a, a defensive move and just sort of ran the entire length of the pitch and, and and had a shot on goal but there were a few other situations as well where her tight control she just stopped on the ball turned her back into the defender pushed the ball past the defender and then just accelerated away from the defender and she did that three four five times and every time she did it's like a oh my god this kid is amazing um and then she just she just then dribbles the ball. It's virtually impossible to get the ball off of. Um, and then made a pass that either got intercepted or the wrong pass or had a shot on goal. But yeah, I mean, she's phenomenal. She has got the so much ability and everyone says about her defensive um, work, but there were a couple of instances in, in the second half, I think yesterday on Sunday, sorry, where she really motored back to be the person to make a tackle. And she she made a couple of really good tackles um, when either she'd lost the ball or the ball had ended up going back and she she was the person that went back and got there. So I think the defensive side of the game is definitely coming. But yeah, what what a first half. Yeah, I suppose, Dana, something we spoke about on the show before, as Sophie alluded to, which when she gets into that position, it is that final, the final pass, the final shot, the final touch, which probably is letting her down a little bit. And she probably should have more goals and assists this season than she does. Mm. Do you think that that will come or it does need extra work on the training ground to make her sort of a clinical, let's say, Frank Kirby who or Guru Wright and nine times out of ten, it's an assist or it's a goal? 
I think both. I think it will come and it will need extra work. You know, again, you know, we're seeing first proper run of, of a Chelsea career of, of a succession of games. You know, I remember one moment in, in the first half, I don't know if that's what Sophie alluded to, you know, she cut inside and hit it with her left foot and a guru was open. But I suppose after that whole run, your momentum and your, your just your attacking now would then take you on to want to have to shot. You know, she's such an explosive player and, and it's funny because she doesn't look fast, but she gets away and, you know, we're not catching up with her, the opposition players. And it, it's such a pleasure to watch. And I know we can be harsh about maybe her defensive capabilities, but then you put like a certain midfielder in there to, to cover her, you know, the, the, our, 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 our midfielders are so energetic, you know, like a, if you have Ingle, obviously more deeper, but you have a Cuthbert or Fleming, you can get them to sort of like cover that, that right side to sort of protect and even then get back in the middle when, when the ball's not on that side. But, yeah, it's so exciting to watch with, with, with. I, I believe, with, with uh, Lauren, she's growing every week. And this was another big game for it. She seemed to excel. It was in the big stadium with, with, with the supporters. And, yeah, I, yeah, the goals and assists, we said that at the beginning of the season, didn't we? You know, to be a success in the Chelsea forward team, then you have to have goals and assists if you haven't got them. You know, at least one or both is a massive bonus. Then, then yeah, it's a complete waste of time. But you know, we're seeing it with her. We saw a couple of games ago. It was it was Tottenham, wasn't it? Two really good goals, and and you know, I, there's a massive improvement. You can see it. But I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm. It's hard to criticize an attacking player who tries something. Uh, and with her, a lot of the time at the moment is coming off. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to set up the team to protect her so she can. You know, express herself in forward ways, and to an extent, a bit like Eden Hazard. You know, maybe we don't want you coming back. You know, <laughs> sometimes it can be a liability a forward player coming back because they do those forward challenges, and it's actually better just to keep up the field as far up the field as possible. And and you, you know, you you set up the team to to sort of protect her as well. Yeah. No. To be fair, as Sophie said in on the highlights, I think two of her runs started from her making a defensive tackle, um, where she had trapped back, and then. My, my favourite one was where three Arsenal players tried to dive in to get the ball. And I think she, she jumped out of the way, I think, and fell over, which got the foul. Um, but, yeah, they they're so they couldn't get near her, could they, Sophie? And that that's a bit of a cheat code for Chelsea, isn't it? That they can relieve pressure just by giving Lauren James the ball. Yeah, definitely. I also think with, with Lauren James that, that she's... Well, what's the term I'm thinking of? Almost like feeling her way into the team. And she now feels like she belongs at Chelsea. Yeah. Whereas I think last season and maybe earlier in this season, she didn't necessarily feel like she belonged in the team. But I think now her performances are showing that the sort of like the relationship she's got with Sam Kerr, with um, with Kadisha Buchanan, um, the fact that there was a sort of break in play and it, she was actually coming over to Guru and suggesting stuff rather than the other way around. So I feel that confidence of her playing she's always had, but she's now got the confidence that she belongs in that team and she's able to express herself knowing that that she can do what she can do safely in, in that team environment. But the good thing is she's she's 21 and she's at one of the best teams in the world, no doubt about that. And we're giving her a platform to play, but you've also got to flip that side and think how lucky we are to have this massive talent. And we've then got to give her, you know, uh, the chances and the space to, to, to even kick on and be in the play. You know, it's everything there to, 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 to be one of the best players. But... In world football, and maybe even the best players that the, the, the women's football has ever seen. So you know, it's it, it's it's it needs from both sides, you know, help and and guidance. But wow, it's it's going to be so exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to go for another ad break now. Um, 
before we do that, a reminder that issue three of King's Meadow Chronicle is available now. Um, it features you know, many, many great writers, including Sophie, uh, usually Dane, but not for issue three, unfortunately. Um, but you can buy back issues of issue one and issue two if you do want to see Dane's work. Uh, it's available from kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com uh, and there'll also be copies at the game on Sunday, which um, I'll be selling. Uh, so you'll find me outside the stadium. Uh, we'll leave the link for that uh, in the description box as well uh, to make sure you buy your copy when you're listening to this. Um, and we will be right back. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to part two of Went to Know Kings Meadow. Um, let's get back into the second half action then. Uh, which started much like the first half of Arsenal, uh, really on top. And I know we spoke about it earlier, Dane, but this is where Sachira Musovic earned her keep. That's yeah. that spell at the start of the second half. Yeah, no, you, you obviously we saw some chances. I, I, I noticed the, the Arsenal manager who kind of but sort of takes as much notice as him as I do the Prime Minister come out with some. He likes to come out of some crap, but you know, where, where would they, where would you say that if, if, if he's classing their chances as, as, as cross shots and, and things like that, then, then and good luck to him. But you know, you still need a goalie to, to be in a position to, to stop 
certain aspects and and yeah yeah very strong she was very central very good position in in her goal and 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 she made some good saves there's another couple of one I don't know what defender sort of almost put her off so it looked like she was gonna hold it or bring it into her chest then she had to like change her mind at the last minute and sort of scoop it away and yeah it looked very confident in goal and as I said it must be so hard for a goalie like to come in and so that's only her second start of the season is that is that correct second start but you know, she yeah, started two Champions League games. Oh, so free, so free. It's, it's again, you know, with, with the rhythm and all that. So I said sometimes with goalie, they, goalies, they, they need a consistency. But yeah, as you said, apart from that Champions League game, I've 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 never had any grumbles with, with her. And, and and from the highlights, I thought she did look very strong. And it was she was only unfortunately beaten by a, a penalty that should never have been. Yeah, I mean, she she tipped one onto the bar. She clawed one off the line. Uh, she made a good save from a, a forward shot outside the box, and I think the the save from from her tick, the point bank header that she she kept out was a was her best save. Um, I mean, a lot of them, Sophie, were sort of straight at her. And Arsenal, what was it, eight on target or seven on target? They were sort of bread and butter for us for a goalkeeper, but but some of them you know, were really good saves and. I think we asked this earlier, but do you think she has answered her critics with just this performance, or there needs to be continued showings from her that you know she can, you know, be that goalkeeper for Chelsea? Um, did she have any critics? I'm not, I'm not sure there were many people that that were 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 criticising her too badly. I think she just needed the opportunity and the opportunity in a big game, and you can't really get much bigger in the WSL than playing Arsenal at the Emirates. And she certainly proved her worth. I mean, as as um renowned Chelsea supporter Basil was saying in the second half he's she's kept us in the game so um yeah I think she definitely if any critics that are out there I think they just need to watch that game and realize that there is a very good goalkeeper in there yeah absolutely I've just lost my place what I was looking at um the penalty is what I want to come to to Dane um yeah it was, it was disappointing from from Charles before the actual the incident but it's just not a penalty, is it? It's... No, no. She got a little bit on the wrong side, but I thought she she fairly got in herself to in the position to recover. And then, if you're going to say there was there was an initial contact, it started outside the box, and obviously, like most very smart footballers or sneaky, smart or sneaky, whatever, whatever s word you want to use, uh, she, she took herself into the box and then and decided to go down. But I don't think there was enough. There was enough uh, contact. It is hard for a referee because in that in that millimetre of a second, she has to decide, you know, what it was. And it, I suppose from her position, it would have looked like one. Uh, we haven't got VAR in, in, in the women's game, even though you've got those capabilities in the stadium. As Emma said, so it's pointless. She's she given the penalty. She didn't think it was a penalty. She gave it. That was it. And end of story. But yeah, I would... I would yeah, I was very disappointed. But at the same time, if it would have happened to us, I would have laughed. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't a penalty. It was a... It's typical, but would you say Arsenal deserved it? I don't think you ever deserve a penalty because you know, especially if it isn't one. But yeah, they no. they'd had five ten minutes of really good pressure leading up to it, so um, constant sort of like putting balls in, forcing forcing our defenders to make tackles, to make clearances, in sort of like the the five ten minutes leading up to that. So when it came, I wasn't. Surprised, my initial initial reaction, despite everybody else around me completely disagreeing with, was that it was a penalty. I hadn't realised it was outside the box, um, but having looked back at it, yeah, it was outside the box, and she fell inside the box, and it wasn't a pen. But 
hey, if Arsenal need a, pen to, a dodgy pen to score against us, then so be it. Because well, I, I, I watched some YouTube highlights, which was a little bit longer than others, and I thought our midfield was starting to look a little bit overrun. That, that was going to be, yeah, that, that was one of my thoughts during during the sort of first and second half was their three midfielders, which is arguably the best midfield in the country, um, completely overran our, our two very good midfielders in Aaron Cuthbert and Sophie Ingle. Um, but to say that, Aaron Cuthbert, I thought was absolutely superb again all game. Uh, she was running around, making the tackles, uh, retrieving the ball, making forward passes. Um, she, she, I thought she was superb. I think after this cheer, she should have been the player of the match. So, yeah, and Sophie Dane mentioned VAR. Obviously, it's not an option in the WSL because of the stadiums that some things play in. Obviously, it would have been available at the Emirates, but you can't have it for one game, not the other. So that's a benefit of moving these games into these stadiums. Is that the referees can get the support that they need to get these decisions right because as you know against Arsenal we've had the offside last year we had the handball at Kings Meadow you know these could could have cost us you know and these still can cost us you know that point puts us level with Arsenal and Man United in the league if they win their games in hand so you know if we want to take this game seriously do we need to then look at the stadiums and say well that's that level is not good enough yes but who's going to fund it because it's not cheap that's that's the other issue isn't it and I actually like watching games without VAR. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. No, 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 you only have to look for an offside flag. You don't actually have to wait for VAR to say yes, it's a goal or no, it's not a goal. You can celebrate when you see the off offside flag doesn't doesn't go up. Um, but I, I see your point, and yes, I think I mean that's one of the reasons why the Champions League knockout games are played in the in the main stadiums of the clubs, isn't it, for the VAR facilities? So ultimately, if you've got a a, a Tottenham playing at Orient they're not going to have the ability to, to put VAR in. So that means Tottenham will have to play at their main stadium. Um, West Ham the same. So I think there's got to be a midway solution because I don't think West Ham, Tottenham, uh, some of the other teams are going to play at the main stadiums. And what about Reading who don't actually have it because they play in the championship team? If Bristol City or Birmingham come back up, their championship teams they don't need it for the championship. So are they going to pay to install it for the cameras, et cetera, for the, for the WSL? So I think, I think whilst, yes, I agree in certain circumstances, it would be beneficial. I think we've got to look at the bigger picture that actually is it practical at the moment. You could make a good point, actually, Sophie, because it, it, it would be very, uh, a lack of class, wouldn't it? If you had it for the big game, like the, uh, the Chelsea Arsenal game, but then if you've got a struggling two team struggling at the bottom and uh, using like smaller stadiums, and there, there could be a decision there, and they haven't got the capabilities to use the VAR, then it would be, yeah, it'd be wrong. I think, I as I said before, I think what we need to do is we need to improve the quality of the refereeing. We need to give mm, them better training, make them professional, um, and and allow them to do their jobs with with support that way before we start thinking about introducing things like VAR. Yeah, but you, let's be honest, we haven't even got it right in the men's game yet. Exactly. Especially over here. But a lot of countries are. A lot of countries are really good, really on top of it. But for some reason, stubbornness, stubbornness or ignorance of, 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 of the male mind, they still can't seem to get it right. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully that might change now with the new head of the PGMO. Howard Webb. Yeah. 
he yeah. did a good job over in America, to be fair. He was really praised and they were upset to see him go. But hopefully, I know it's a hard is like sometimes it's jobs jobs for the boys, isn't it? And I just hope he's he's got that mindset and 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 and, and that, that he can obviously push past certain uh, certain people within the game. I think the other thing to bear in mind with with referees is if we have VARs, you're then needing another three officials for every mm. game. Yeah. So at the moment that's that's four you need for every game. Then it's another three officials. The quality of refereeing in 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 England, further down the leagues, which is where the referees would come from, isn't isn't brilliant. So, as I say, I think we need to improve the quality of refereeing before we before we sort of go down that route. Yeah, almost help them. Like we've talked about so much on the show before, give them a platform. You know, these these games have been, as we've said, in stadium in front of uh, you know big supporters live on Sky, BT, or, or wherever. You know, Champions League on YouTube. They need they need help as well. You know, they can't just keep on being stuck there to be shot at they need help as well and you know make them full-time you know make them professional yeah i would say i don't think it's isn't really enforcing a bit of investment in the game because i think some of these clubs do shy away from putting money where it should be put um and then give lame excuses about why they don't support their women's things properly um moving on from from that sophie obviously nuke is the penalty away and then not long after that is the one where Mizovic claws it off the line because she does just lose um, Ford, does enough to put her off, I think, but um, seemed to, to play on her mind a bit and she got brought off, I think, pretty much straight after that chance uh, for, for Perisay. What was the difference like when, when Perisay came on? Because obviously she helped create an actual chance for Chelsea, which is unlike anyone else on the pitch. I think as soon as she came on, Arsenal stopped targeting that that right hand side. I think they they started to play slightly differently. That's what it definitely felt like. It didn't felt because that 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 area of the pitch was just in front of us, and there definitely wasn't as much action there as there had been in the the first half of the second half. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, now whether that's because Chelsea were then playing a slightly different way, or whether that's because the say Arsenal decided not to to, to target the board, the um the play over that way. Um, I don't know, but I think she definitely made a difference. What I will say is at the end of the game, when all the, the players came over to the crowd, Neve looked absolutely devastated. She couldn't raise a smile. She looked absolutely she looked like she was about to burst into tears. So she was absolutely gutted by what what had happened during the game. So um yeah, she just can't let that play on her mind. She's got to if she gets picked for Liverpool, she's got to go forward and, and do what she was been doing well. So but yeah. I think there's definitely a difference when Perisay came on. Yeah, I mean, that can happen then, can't it? You know, a player gives away a penalty, even though we don't think it was her fault. Uh, and then there's a, you sort of can play with you and it messes with your game. And then obviously to get brought off straight away, perhaps in her mind, she's thinking, well, the manager blames me because she's taking me straight off. Yeah. Um, it is about how she bounces back though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And again, you know, if she's not, you know, for all we know, you know, we see her playing at right back. She might not be comfortable. I was stroppy as anything. If I, I never got played up front. Well, the one time I remember they'd say, I'll play on the right, use your pace because you're so fast. I'd get well stroppy, I'd hate it. Uh, and, you know, this is, uh, I know she's kind of a lot more professional than I ever was, but, you know, you can imagine, you know, she's so determined to do a job, you know she's up against a really good player and and and, and she, whether she she knows at that time, it, it, you know, the contact started outside the box, you know, uh, but she's going to be devastated, you know, she obviously cares and, 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 and she's a professional, so... You know, get your head up and 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 look to be picked again and, and improve. But yeah, of course you will, because especially if you get taken off after then, 
and you, you she's in direct competition with with a right back you know i don't know why 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 buy a right back especially someone established in the game as Perisa, if you're not going to play her in the big games but that's why emma hayes is the chelsea women's manager and i'm sitting on a podcast talking to you dean but uh yeah it's no, there is levels <laughs> there is very lots of levels between us but you know Neve was asked to come in and 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 I don't think she 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 does let us down. I think she's she's fairly consistent. But yeah, you're right. She would be devastated. I think we all would be, you know, in that position. Yeah. Uh, Buffer says on, on Mixler that, that Eve proved herself at the Euros. And you know, that was the first time I saw her play, and I was very impressed with her, you know, reading of the game defensively more than what she did going forward. And so do you think that given that's that how the game felt to switch in when she came on? That she's now got the advantage in that position because she, she actually has played more minutes than Neve this year. Um, but you know, Marin played against Man City and, and Neve played against Arsenal. She's another one that needs that big game moment to say, you know, this this is my position. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um I hadn't realised that she played more minutes than Neve. I, I was under the, I on my memory, I thought she Neve had played more than her, but obviously not. Um, yeah, no, definitely. She definitely needs that opportunity, that big game opportunity. Um, and hopefully she, well, we haven't got, not until after the February international break, you could argue we've got really big games coming up. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens in the next three games, as four games as to who plays in that position. If if Eve gets given the opportunity to, to prove her worth, then the next game against United or City, whichever one comes up first, she, she, may, get the, she may get the nod. Yeah, but it's it's good for both of them that there is sort of league, FA Cup, league, or Conti Cup, then league. So there's a mixture of fixtures where you can understand a bit of rotation. So, you know, one's not going to say probably play four games. So there's going to be a bit of rotation in there. Um, obviously, the advantage Chelsea... for Neve is, the advantage for Neve is she gets played in quite a few positions. Eve is, 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 is a right back. The other time, I think we might have seen her a right wing back, actually, but... You know, if 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 Perisay, if Eve starts really performing and and sort of becomes undroppable, then Neve, she will still be getting in, but will be in, in in other parts of the field, as we've seen so far in Neve's career. Well, Eve did play left back for her club, so she played right back for France and left back mm. for Bordeaux, I believe it was, um, in the French league. Obviously, I didn't watch any of their games, so can't tell you how, how great she was. But <laughs> she played there for Chelsea in pre-season as well, actually, against Tottenham. Uh, so she is an option. But obviously, when you've got, I think you've got to put Magda in the team. I think that's what we're finding out. Playing four at the back, Magda sort of not shoehorned in at left back because she does play there for Sweden, but she's not as good as she is centrally. But you know, Buchanan and Bright have got a pretty good partnership blossoming at the minute. Um. Sophie, I suppose I know Chelsea left it late, but inside the ground was was there a feeling that Chelsea were going to get something from the game, or did it feel like it was going to be one of those days where Arsenal got the better of us? I certainly felt that it was going to be one of those days where it just wasn't going to turn around. But then I'm a football pessimist, so um, I'm never I'm never going to see, see see the fact that we can do it. I just couldn't see where we were going to get a goal from. Uh, every sort of I, I turned to, to, to a friend and said. We just need to be pressuring them, pressuring, pressuring them. And every time we seem to build up a head of pressure, Arsenal managed to relieve it for two or three minutes and we couldn't carry on building that pressure up. And then seemingly out of nowhere, um, 
Kankovic puts in a fantastic cross and Sanka headers the ball into the back of the net and I end up on my uh, rear on the floor of the Emirates because they've got <laughs> stupid steps and I slipped over and I couldn't even celebrate the goal. I was not happy. Yeah, I was um, following the game on, sort of on my phone and I see it was 1-0 and my signal was really bad. I thought, oh, we're going to lose to Arsenal without Mead and Mead. Like, what is this? And then just see it refresh and then it was Sanka 1-1. Although I'm not happy that we drew, I was so relieved that um, we got the point. And Dana, as Sophie said, it, it did come from nowhere, from a Kankovic pass. And that's something we're starting to see from her, that she can pick these moments seemingly out of thin air. And we, we need that sometimes, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we are starting to see these moments, especially from 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 very small game time from, from her, you know. Start to see it, obviously in the Champions League uh, and the game before that in the league when 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 she really sort of come on and the question has been asked can she start now and yeah what what a peach of a ball into the box and the Arsenal fans must be fed up to the bones and sick to the sight of of Sam Kerr and you know I absolutely love it it's uh, almost becoming like Drogba-esque uh, levels for how 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 he used to absolutely ruin the uh, the men's Arsenal defence and and Sam actually loved it and you could see that. In her celebration, and and I don't know why the uh, pantomime booze come out, uh, but it was it it, it was glorious because I said we 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 watched for the last half an hour in in the stadium at Stamford Bridge and and see that go in. It was as Emma said afterwards when you've got you've got the uh, such such quality players, you're always in with a chance, especially when it's only one nil. And you know I will. You know, I suppose when you do podcasts, you put yourself in a position to be shot down. You know, you try and give your view. It's your view. It's your personal view. It's not. It's not coming. It's not all of us agreeing on something or coming from the supporters. And I'm baffled how how I look through social media and see criticism of Sam Kerr. I I, I think she's absolutely outstanding. You know, you just look at look at the goals since she's since she's been in this league. I'm sure she's like twenty above anyone else on on goals since since her very first game. And I know we. She misses chances, which also this week, haven't they? And they said that she scored ten more goals than any other player since she made her debut. She scored, I can't remember what the exact numbers are, but she scored ten more goals than any other player since she's made her debut in, in twenty nineteen. So, yeah, big game player. You know, as 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 we've won trophies thanks to her, thanks to her goals in finals. I know it is a team effort, but you know, strikers miss chances. You know. But they also score big goals, and and luckily we've got one of the biggest players in the world to score, score us big goals in big games. And long may it continue because you know she she, she you know she plays with, with a smile on her face, with a little bit of a, a cheeky sometimes like a little glint in her eye, and 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 Arsenal hate her and we love her, and long may that continue. Um, it seemed quite prescient, but I was uh, I've been watching a lot of the Viali goals and stuff, obviously since he's he's died recently. And there's an element of, I think, Viali and Samka. Her impact on the club is similar to the impact that Viali had when he first came to Chelsea. Um, the way that, that of he grew Chelsea as, as a brand, uh, as a football club when he came in. And I think Samka's had a similar effect with the women's team. And some of the goals she scores aren't too dissimilar to the way Viali would score the goals either. So whilst there's definitely Drogba-esque moments in there, I think there's a little bit of Viali and Samka as well. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point. You know, I was just memory was just coming to me when you were saying it, and you know, getting that shot early like Viali would do, the, the move of the body, you know, the same probably same height as well. You know, I, I was surprised recently again. You know, the 
sometimes football does surprise you to see her height. Sam Kirk, she's so bloody good in the air. I think she's five foot ten or something, which was uh, five foot nine maybe. Uh, such a surprise for someone who can leap so high. But yeah, that's a, that is a valid point against Fiali because I haven't seen him and, and haven't. Having never seen a player, you know, we had good players in the men's team, but when Hullet and Viali came, we was like godlike players with like world class capabilities, and, and they were just completely different. And Sam is is in her own element very goddess as well. Uh, you know, she's still a top scorer in the American League, even though she hasn't played there for three years. You know, amazing striker, and again, I just hope. Uh, I listen. You see a lot of appreciation for her. I just hope it doesn't come when she when her career's finished because you know appreciate her now while she's here. Uh, she's absolutely amazing in my eyes. Yeah, I, I had to check because five foot ten is really tall, basically six foot. Um, she's five foot six. Five foot six. Sorry, yeah, I, I knew it was. A, I knew it was a surprise. Uh, uh, yeah, I got me a little bit foot mixed up then, but I knew it was a hell of a surprise because you know seeing her on TV and seeing how she leaps. Now she beats big defenders, and and only seeing that she's five foot six is is wow, it's astonishing. Yeah, I just I don't think she could be player manager, um, like Viali. <laughs> that's you know skill set. It'd be interesting what happened, what the team would happen like under her. Um, although Viali had champagne before a game, I think um they would have it before, during, and after. Um, <laughs> she become the coach. Um, I mean, Sophie, we've been talking about Sam Kerr quite a lot this season because she has seemed not herself at the start of the year, fair to say. Um, but, but that movement against Williamson, one of the best defenders in, in Europe, if if not the world, just to peel off her shoulder and, and head it home, that's, that is Sam Kerr, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Sam Kerr is one of, if not the best striker in the world in women's football. Um, we are so lucky to have her at Chelsea. Um and she's going. She's a player like Drogba, that like other players, um, that loves the big stage, um, and that it performs better in big games on the big stage. So it was almost inevitable she was going to score at the Emirates, like it was inevitable she was going to score at Stamford Bridge against uh, Tottenham and PSG because that's what she does. She scores big goals in big games when it matters. Yeah, I mean, Dane, you've been saying she she can start a season slowly. You know we're we're almost halfway through through well we are halfway through now Chelsea eleven games played starting to provide those big moments for us isn't she as you as you said yeah I can't I can't I can't heap any more praise on which I which I I have already done I've already done in previous shows you know sometimes you know she she does she does start the season slowly and then when she eventually kicks in. I know it's frustrating when, when we see chances are missed and some are easy, but, you know, maybe she's more of an instinct striker rather than something to think. Look at those goals against United last year, more instinct, absolutely outstanding, rather than if it's a one-on-one, you've got time to think, if you're thinking left, right, through the legs, little dink, should I go around the goalie? Too many too many choices going through your head, but instinctly, she's, she's, she's absolutely amazing, you know, probably the best in the world, uh, instinct. Uh, and, yeah, I've, listen... Yeah, I, there's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can say. She's in my team every time. Uh, to an extent, obviously, I did say, you know, if if, if, the, if the barren run does go on, then no matter who you are, you do deserve to get, you know, to, to have a break. And obviously, it would have been Bethany coming in before before she left. But no, yeah, she, she's, she's, she's amazing in my eyes. And as, as Sophie says, 
if not the best in the world, then I'd like someone to uh, educate me on who they think is. Yeah, a lot on her shoulders now as well. No, Beth, that she oh, she she's got to score the goals because there's no one else to, to come in that position naturally as as a forward. I know we've got you know Kirby, James, Vickover who can all come into that position, but there's no out and out striker apart from her at the club now, and she's got to start scoring week in week out as we know she can do. And you know, the goal rescued a point for us um, because Sophie, it felt like. You know, this is the first time that, that Jonas Eidevel has, has got the better of Emma Hayes. And look, watching the highlights and then looking at the stats, I would never have said that Arsenal had 40% possession to Chelsea's 60. Um, it really showed the game, but do you think we got away with one in this one? I think we probably did get away with one. As you said at the start, if they'd had a Beth Mead or a Vivi, Viv, Viviana Miedemar on the pitch, would, would we still be nil-nil at half-time? I don't know. Um, I think Arsenal played they did their homework and they played us very well in that especially in the second half was it first half I can't remember now they were stopping so when we when we have the ball at the back we then play it out wide those wide channels those wide players weren't free so they they were blocking those wide players off so we couldn't get the ball out to them which meant we had to go through the middle obviously the middle is arguably their strongest part of the part of the pitch so they were just winning the ball back off us that's what it felt like anyway at, at the at the game. Um, so, yeah, credit to them. They did their homework, but we should be good enough to work out how to counteract that. And I don't think, I don't know if we didn't or if, as I say, just, just an off day or I don't know, who knows. But, yeah, it, it, it wasn't the best performance, but we did draw. I think a draw was a fair result. Um, in some ways, in other ways, I think we did we did get away with one. Yeah, I mean, as as Ben says on, on Mixer, they kept Guru quiet, which you know has been a first this season, I think, for her not to be involved in the game too much. But you know, having said that, Dane, you know, having said that, Idavar's got the better of Hayes for once, um, without his blue and red cards, um, <laughs> we still managed in the 89th minute to get the goal, and, and that's the sign of you know what what we are, that mentality that we've got and the reason that we are top of the table after 11 games. Yeah, yeah. What can you guarantee in the in Chelsea-Arsenal women's fixture? Sam Kerr will score. I developed will have a moan and Katie McCabe will get yellow card. So three out of three, really. Uh, yeah, it was... I think there's only one time he's actually praised us, which was a surprise. It was... A, it was I can't remember. It was obviously a few games ago. But listen, top teams do... Do do come out of you know sometimes struggles and 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 get a, and get a draw and that that point could be very important for the end of the season you know uh, it's easy to be frustrated because because you want to you want to beat them you want to beat them well luckily for us you know we, we've got so many in the locker in recent years that you know if if you're worried about the the performance on Sunday I know you live in now but if you're worried and just look back at, at recent results and and that can uh, cheer you up for a little while and, and we're clearly on top you know we went to a big title rival and 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 got a point. So 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 great for us. And if that point helps us win the league at the end of the season, then it's a bonus. Uh yeah, the performance was a little bit, but you know, Emma Hayes and her coaching team will, will take a lot from that. You know, look at videos, look at where they thought they might have done better and maybe where they've where they've gone wrong and and move on. And we move on with a, a well earned and a good point. Well yeah. Arsenal huffed and puffed. Uh Lots of crosses into the box. 
I wouldn't say out and out chances. What I saw on the highlights again, you know, if, I, if I'm a little bit wrong, then I, I do sit corrected. But you know, they they huffed and puffed and they tried, uh, but they only got a point. <laughs> Tough. <Yeah. laughs> Which is what we um, we don't like to see Arsenal win either. Anyway, um, yeah. Hopefully, um, I'm excited for Sunday because I think there's going to be a bit of a reaction from Chelsea, especially in their attacking phases because they were poor um, on Sunday. You know, 17 shots, two on target is pretty embarrassing for a team with the attacking players we've got. Um, also, though, Dean, you know, there's, there's the, you know, revenge and all that crap can be talked about. But, you know, Emma would still obviously have in her mind, you know, our, our performance at Liverpool in the first game of the season, which probably surprised her and surprised all of us, you know, defeat. So, you know, that would be another another uh, a chance for, for, for her to test her knowledge. You know, she would have looked at how, how where we went wrong there and this would be a good chance to, like, make up for that as well, I think. Yeah, well, Liverpool are shocking. So, they can't lose twice of them in one season. Yeah, when you say that, then we look at how many times Brighton didn't, did not play well and they'll play against Chelsea or, or Reading and we'll turn up. I have to send Matt a message. Have another week off. I did this weekend uh, because the results from this WSL past weekend on Saturday, Aston Villa beat Tottenham 2-1. Uh, Bethany England scoring her first goal for her new club. Uh, and then on Sunday, you got Everton 3, Reading 2. Man United beat Liverpool 6-0. Um, so we've got that to beat. Uh, Leicester City was the first win of the season, 3-0 against Brighton. Uh, West Ham lost 1-0 to Man City and then obviously had Arsenal 1-0 with Chelsea. Uh, that leaves the table looking like this. Chelsea are top on 28 points. United second, 25 points. Arsenal third, 25 points. Man City fourth, 22 points. Everton in fifth on 15 points, uh, which is level with West Ham in sixth and Aston Villa on seventh. Then you've got Tottenham in eighth on nine points. Uh, Liverpool in ninth on eight points. Uh, Reading in tenth and Brighton in eleventh. For both got seven points. And then you've got Leicester in 12th on three points. Uh, the league is still a little bit disjointed because Chelsea and West Ham and Reading have all played 11. Uh, Brighton have played nine and everyone else has played 10. So uh, a few games in hand to be played. And I know Arsenal's is Man City, isn't it? Um, so They've got Man City twice, Man U um, and us at Kings Meadow or Stamford Bridge, wherever we decide to play the game. So, yeah. Arguably, yeah. they've got tougher fixtures than we have. Yeah, but after 11 games, half the season, if you're top, I think you're pretty happy, Um, even if it is just because we play the game more for now. Um, Sadly, um, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, thank you to those that have listened long live in Mixlet and joined in with the chat. Remember, you can do so by downloading the Mixlet app and searching for Wentimo Kings Meadow. Um, Sophie, a pleasure to speak to you again. Um, Some nice messages in Mixler for you. Um about how great you are as a guest, which is what we like to see because we don't like to do the heavy lifting. Um, we like the guests <laughs> to come in and, and wow, wow the audience. So uh, thank you for, for giving up your time for us tonight. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Um, I've enjoyed it. Um, before we go, I just want to say how happy I am that Melanie Lurpoles has signed a new contract with the club because uh, I really didn't think she would do. So I just think that's a really plus for the club and um, shows that we are treating our players right in circumstances that maybe other clubs don't. Yeah, She was mention- very good in that game, wasn't she, yesterday as well. Oh, Ted Lasso's just dropped on the floor. So. We won't mention no clubs, Leon, uh, Reading. Um, but yeah. She would have been good yesterday though, wouldn't she? You know, another box-to-box midfielder with a good energy and, 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 and a good 
engine. I wonder how how far off she is from 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 being involved again. I guess we'll see over the next four games, won't we? I imagine. Right, yeah. Great, she might be great. on the bench for the last two, maybe. It's great to get her. You know, she would help with our midfield. She, would, as I said, she would have helped yesterday. And when we was being overrun a little bit, yeah, it, this is really good because I, I thought, you know, I remember mentioning it with Dean recently. I thought, you know, she'd she'd go back to maybe her native Germany to bring up her, her child, and and she, and that would have been the end of that. So, yeah, I was very pleased, very surprised, very pleased to see that. Yeah, not to be rude, but the laptop battery's going to die, and I've not got the charger. So, <laughs> I need to say goodbye to you now uh, before it shuts off. Um, good to see you again. Um, still need to arrange a match day. Mm. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it would be nice. But yeah, no, thanks, thanks. It's been nice. It feels like it's been a while. Nice seeing Sophie again, full of knowledge. Yeah, really enjoyed it tonight. Yeah, yeah. maybe see you Sunday, Sophie. I'll be outside yeah, the ground. Look out for you on Sunday, Dean. Yeah, I'll be by the Kings Meadow thing. Sign. Okay. Yeah, no, there's not one there. <laughs> inside, but I'm not allowed to sell inside. Anyway, don't want to get banned. Um. You can follow the show on Twitter at Mokings Meadow, me at Dean Mears, Dane at DWIT9, and Sophie at Traveller74, I think. Yeah. Oh, good. Didn't write that down. Uh, we're also on Instagram that went to Mokings Meadow. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, the same time we'll review of that WSL match against Liverpool. So make sure to join us then. And until then, thanks for listening. And until next time, from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying high. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.